Under normal circumstances, the sight of a gambling hell wouldn't put a smile on Lord Vincent Prescott's face, especially not a somewhat questionable one in Cheapside. But tonight he had a reason to smile, and an even better reason to go inside that hell. He leaned right, reaching for the brass lever on the carriage door, but stopped short as the movement caused a hard object to bump against his outer thigh. No way could he go into a hell with that in his pocket. He highly doubted the servants who tended to the guests' coats did so without thoroughly examining the garments as soon as their owners were out of sight. The thought of a footman finding the gift and wondering why he would possess such an object did not sit well. Odd, considering he'd had no such qualms purchasing the thing. Then again, he hadn't been with another man at the time. But he would most certainly leave the hell tonight with another man, and not just any man, but a man who had become so much more than his old childhood friend. Only four and twenty, and already Vincent possessed what most men strove their entire lives to attain. The respect of his peers, a thriving bank account, and incredible sex with someone who submitted to his every desire. Someone who loved him. Chuckling in amazement at his good fortune, he removed his greatcoat, carefully folded it, and placed it on the leather bench. Then he got out of the carriage and gave his navy evening coat a sharp tug to straighten it. I'll be about an hour, but stay nearby, he instructed his driver. The October night air was cool and thick, holding a heavy reminder of the rains that had made the roads from Rotherham to London a muddy mess. After three days of travel and more than three weeks of near-constant work that should have only taken two weeks, he should be exhausted, and he had been exhausted, until he had left his townhouse to come here. He sidestepped around the young bucks gesturing in drunken conversation by the street lamp and went inside Dennett's gambling hell. The burly guard stationed inside the door barely looked at him before tipping his head, allowing Vincent to pass. As he went through the entrance hall, his upper lip curled into a sneer at the scarlet and plum-patterned rug, the equally vibrant paper covering the walls, and the worn velvet upholstery on the two armchairs in the corner. Purple and red, what a ghastly colour combination! And had they gilded every piece of exposed metal? The chandelier, the candelabras on the console table, and even the hinges on the door shone bright gold. The place was a garishly overdone imitation of a West End gentleman's gambling hell. A greedy merchant's paradise, definitely not up to his usual standards. But Dennett's was out of the way and, most importantly, only a five-minute drive from Lord Oliver Marsden's apartments. He stopped just inside the main hall and, using his height to his full advantage, scanned the room. The shouts of victory, the curses of defeat, and the drone of many voices pressed against his ears. The chatter of the various games rode under the din, the flick of cards being shuffled, the click of gambling chips and the roll of dice. In less than a second, he found Marsden in the crowd. Slighter built, and a good four inches shorter than Vincent's own six feet two, the man stood at one of the gaming tables near the centre of the room, his back to Vincent. A smile curved Vincent's lips, 
the last lingering bit of exhaustion slipping from his body. Had it only been four weeks since he had seen him? Hell, it felt like four years. His sights on those hunched shoulders and the unruly mop of dark brown hair, Vincent wove around the other patrons. One hand braced on the ledge of the roulette table, Marsden leaned forward to place a bet. The tails of his brown coat draped over his arse as he bent at the waist, his hips tilting at a most inviting angle.